Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. So... Hey everyone, welcome to Building the Broncos. I am Carl Dumbler, and as you can see, Mr. Nick Kendall has not joined us this evening. He decided he had to have a, a date with his his lady friend, with his lady. Uh, so I thought he decided that was a little more important than talking some Bronco football tonight. How dare he? But uh, that just means that we get to have Mr. Lance Sanderson joining us from Dove Dive, Dove Valley Deep Divers. Uh, so Lance, good to see you, buddy. Glad that you have a voice again, since I know Friday things were not looking very good for a second. Yeah, man, it's good to join you. Uh, uh, Friday was really rough on the, the live, the live draft coverage we did Friday night with everybody. And then Saturday, I was unable to even hardly speak until about two o'clock in the afternoon, which was really not cool. I had a lot of stuff. It was, it was nice. I, I wanted to be a part of the show and everything like that, but I got a lot of stuff done around the house and still trying to get everything all taken care of because we get, uh, we get married. My, uh, my fiance and I get married at the end of this month. So uh, really getting uh, a lot of stuff taken care of for that, but I'm looking forward to joining you, man. It's been a while since you and I've got to sit down and chop it up. Just you and me one-on-one. So I'm, right. I'm looking forward for it tonight. Yeah, no, it, it should be a good time, man. And you know, it's always kind of nice here a few days after the draft, you know, you're, you're emotional during the draft. Uh, but, uh, but you know, after you've had some time to, to dive into it, that's what we're going to do here this evening. So just want to appreciate all that. And before we get going too far, Michael Ronquillo coming in here strong right off the bat. Thank you, Michael. You are the man says, good evening, Carl and Lance. I'm building the Broncos. Let's ride and go Broncos. Well, you have got us riding high right now, buddy. Thank you so much. That is huge. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. It, it, that's what makes me excited is support like that. And Michael's always been a big supporter of the show. Uh, Dove Valley Deep Divers doesn't matter what show. So thank you, Michael, for joining us. And thanks, everybody, for coming in here on Building the Broncos, not Dove Valley Deep Divers, man. <laughs> I know. It's hard to always remember sometimes which show you're on. But uh, I wanted to give a shout out to all of our, our regulars that are coming in here. we got Dylan Von Arks saying, sup, Bronco, Broncos country. Make sure you hit the like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Yes, he is right on with that. Uh, make sure, guys, if you are on YouTube, one of the best things you guys can do is uh, like, subscribe, share, all of that for us. That That is always huge. If you're on iTunes, leave us a five-star rating if you think we're, we're worthy of a five-star rating, of course. But uh, we that just greatly enhances our show. We really appreciate it. Humbles us all the more. Uh, got some bad news for everyone. I know I don't want to start off on bad news here, but uh, William, Catalano coming in here saying Chargers grabbed Callahan. That's a great pickup for them. You know, I, I know a lot of people are shouting for the Broncos. I, I think their secondary is pretty full right now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I know I had somebody say, well, the Broncos, if Bradbury gets cut, go sign him. And I think the only reason I'd want to sign him is just so the Chiefs can't sign him. Yep. I guess we should have signed Callahan just so the Chargers couldn't sign him. But a uh, good landing spot for him. And he'll he'll work well in that defense. Uh, we got Diamond Rattler coming in saying, "Boom, let's ride!" Thank you, Diamond. Yeah, let's ride, people. And of course, we got the Mr. Paul coming in as always, saying, "Hello, Broncos country." I hit the like button as I entered. Thank you, guys. We're we're up to Teddy Bridgewater. If you don't like Teddy Bridgewater, you better hit that like button so you get off of it here pretty soon. There we and, go. And. Uh, yeah, saying hello, Carl, Lance, and Scott. I got Jason O'Neill saying, good evening, everyone. I see that Callahan went to a division rival. Seems about right. Really anxious to see how all these players fit in the new scheme. Broncos have depth now, much needed. Yes, that's that's something that this draft did for sure. Got the Broncos a lot of draft, a lot of that that bottom end of the, of the 53, looking a little bit stronger than it was before for sure. And uh, let's see, we got... Who else we got coming in here? We got Nugmaster224 saying, been listening since before this podcast existed. 
There you go. Appreciate the consistency and love that you all disagree on things. Why do you think national media is rating Bonito so high, highly? Chris Sims, etc. cetera. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that, Nugmaster, here in just a little bit. Um, but uh, before we do, again, I just wanted to say hi to we got Jeff Noyes saying hello, Broncos country. EJ saying good evening, Carl and Lance and Broncos country. We got Kathy Lund, of course, coming in saying hi, everyone. Hello, Kathy, to you. Greg Smith, always a Good to see you in here saying good evening, Broncos country. Uh, let's see who else we got in here. We got Chase Wellner. There we go. And it says, excited to hear your thoughts on this class. So Lance, let's, let's dive into that, man. We're, we got a lot to talk about. We got nine picks to go through here for the Broncos. And uh, yeah, this is building the Broncos. Everyone, of course, got Dove, uh, Dove Valley deep divers coming in here with Lance Sanderson, everyone. Um, Appreciate him taking his time to to sub in for for Nick as he gets the chance to go go to a concert. I think is what he's doing tonight. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to go see Paul McCartney. Uh, I, th- I believe that's what he said. So that I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of jealous. I'm low key yeah. jealous, and I can understand why why he would want to go do that with uh, with his uh, with his wife and everything. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to maybe here in a couple months, maybe uh, getting down to Denver and going to a Rockies game and stuff like that, and, and taking the, the family and everything and going and building those memories and stuff like that. But uh, no, it's first things first. It's great to be on here, and thank you for having me. I do appreciate that. Uh, going back to uh, Friday, though, I mean. The, the, the instant reaction that I had with uh, Nick Benito, uh, the edge out of Oklahoma, coming to the Broncos at number 64 was, man, this was not the direction that I really wanted the Broncos to go in. Not not that highly. I could have probably lived with him at 75. Um, and especially with the way that the board fell. I mean, Chad Muma was there. Travis Jones was there. Um, linebacker from Wyoming and defensive lineman from UConn, uh, respectively. And those guys I had rated incredibly highly on my board. In fact, when uh, Travis Jones went to Baltimore a few picks later, I'm like, they just got a top 30 player on my big board in Travis Jones. And like the Broncos needed that guy along the interior. Another guy that can really be a force in the running game he can play that nose tackle he can slide out to the three technique maybe play the five technique as well but back to Benito here, you get a, a twitchy, lengthy edge rusher that does a really good job bending, coming around the corner as, as a pass rusher, but and he does a really good job in coverage, but he just has a very slider, uh, a slider frame, especially in the lower half, and he doesn't do a great job in the running game. I got a film breakdown coming to him here in just a couple of days, but uh, like that was just, I would rather have seen them go in a different direction and wait until Benito fell to them at 75, because I don't think anyone was going to take him after that. Yeah. I wanted to get to Phil saying, let's ride. Thank you, Phil, for joining us. We've got uh, Lethal Bronco 87 saying, what's up, Broncos fam? Uh, Broncos fam. Um, David Yunkin coming in as well. First time here to, for your chat. Hey, David, thanks for joining us. Always appreciate to see some new faces in here. Got Benjamin Flores saying, what's up, fellas? Go Broncos. Yeah, thank you guys all for, for joining us here. And uh, I, the more I've gone back and now watching Nick Benito, there's some things that, that have me a little bit more excited than I was before and yeah. some things that make me just go, oh, my gosh, this could end poorly for, for the Broncos. You're right. He is slight of frame. I don't know how much his frame can actually add weight. Now, run-stopping ability isn't just about weight. It's a leverage game because Von Miller's not all that much bigger, and he is great against the run, but he understands leverage. He understands when to, to take his shots of uh, shooting the gap, making a play in the backfield, all those kind of things. Um, few things I love about Bonito. He's smart. It's easy to see on the field. Like he understands, uh, Jason O'Neill saying perhaps Bonito has a relentless motor. Yes, he does. He absolutely does. That guy never stops moving, uh, which is always great to see. But like I said, he's smart. He understands when teams are trying to do, um, you know, a screen pass. They, they understand. He understands when they're trying to, um, run cutback lanes. He understands passing lanes because he has to drop back in coverage. He understands when a quarterback's trying to step up. He just, he does well in that area. Mm-hmm. That'll serve him well in the NFL, that he is smart. He does have the, the the quick feet that allow him to get that first step quickness to, to really win around the edge. It also sets up his inside moves. That's, that's something I think is a little bit underrated about him is teams are so afraid of his speed to the outside. He actually wins most of his quick pressures to the inside. And uh, he just, the, the thing that, again, that has me the most excited He's doing all of this with very little hand technique. He is he is terrible with his hands. He just kind of keeps them by his side. I've got my soccer players. They put their hands up more than he does. 
and you know, and we're trying to tell them to put it down. He actually, like I said, if he can learn to use his hands to win some of those battles, keep the the tackles or the guards hands off of him, he could turn into something pretty special as a pass rusher. Now run defender, if he can get to average, I would be pretty darn happy at that. I don't disagree with anything you said. And the one thing that really gets me with Nick Benito is that it, it, he does a really good job with his pass rush plan. It was something that he addressed. Uh, I listened to an interview with him on uh, KOA Colorado with Ryan, Ryan Edwards and Benjamin Albright a, a couple of days ago after he was drafted. And that was something he said. He's like, I really do try to build a pass rush plan. And then I unleash my big moves. And you saw it with him at Oklahoma. His bigger moves came into third and fourth quarter. He was always trying to set up that pass rush plan, and he did a really good job cutting across of uh, offensive linemen's faces. And he has a wicked spin move back to the inside. It's actually a very beautiful spin move, very well advanced for where he's at as a player right now. But I agree with you 100%. He's got to get a lot better with his hand play. He does not use that leverage or that length nearly enough. And in the running game, that's where it really shows because he allows guys to get inside of his chest plate. And he doesn't have the strength to be able to to go one on one with uh, with a uh, with an offensive lineman. Even in the hole, he ha- he has struggles with that. But he uses his lower body so well, that twitch and that athleticism that he has, that he kind of makes up for a little bit because he shoots gaps so incredibly well. And then just his ability to drop back in coverage, he uses that link so well. He uses that awareness like you were talking about just a little bit ago. Um, he, he is a very well-rounded player for where he's at. He just has to get better in the running game and, and using his hand technique. Those are really the two big flaws. After going back and watch, I watched the Texas game, I watched the TCU game, and I watched the bowl game. I believe that was it. Uh, I can't remember what who they played in, in their bowl game uh, or this, this last season. But uh, I went and watched back those three games uh, yesterday and today, and we're going to get a film breakdown on everything that I saw there. But those were the biggest things that stood out to me. Yeah, for sure. So like I said, I, I'm feeling a little bit better about the pick compared to when it was actually made. Uh, I wasn't actually on on that Friday because I was dealing with crazy weather and no power and all those kind of things. I still had my phone so I could watch it on my phone. <laughs> even though the power is out as soon as that pick came in, I, I knew you guys on the, the stream. I, I knew Eric wasn't a big fan. Nick was not a big fan. I knew you weren't that big of a fan either. And, and so I knew you guys weren't going to be exactly excited about it. Um, and, and like I said, still today I'm with you. There's a few other players I definitely would have taken before him. But the other big thing for me is I, I know as, as bad as the run defense was last year, the pass rush was worse yes. for the Broncos. You know, they were, I think, 31st or 32nd in almost every pass rush stat that's out there. And so, I mean, yes, you get Bradley Chubb back. Of course, you brought in Randy Gregory. You still got Draymond Jones, but you still needed another piece. And and so I, that's one thing that I'm excited about is he does add to that big time. I saw a couple of people in the chat already saying, you know, he's going to be that third down pass rush specialist for the Broncos. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that part of the game that he brings at least day yeah. one for the Broncos. Yeah, we got CC saying Bonita will provide a day one impact on third down pass rush situations will be a really nice rotational piece this season. I, I don't disagree with that. And uh, as far as just being a pass rusher and, and being that NASCAR package guy, I, I really think that he is going to have that impact. Something that I, I think that he can do as far as um, making an impact on early downs, first and second down is going to be playing in coverage like as, a, as that coverage linebacker, a guy that can play off the ball just a little bit. I don't want to go as far to say that I think that his best role would be as like a weak side linebacker and a 4-3 front, but at the same time, he has that kind of coverage ability, the twitch and the athleticism in his lower half and the length to be able to actually hang as a coverage linebacker. So I think that that might be a way for him to, to get on the field a little bit earlier. And another thing is, if the Broncos want to run more of like a cloud coverage where they get a whole bunch of pass rushers on the field that have that twitch, like a Baron Browning as well, or a Jonas Griffith as well um, with, with, uh, with Nick Benito on the field, then you put uh, Randy Gregory, Draymond Jones, um, DJ Jones in there as well. Uh, it, like you get all these pass rushers on the field. They can be so multiple and so versatile in their defensive front. You're never going to know who's coming. I vision like Nick Benito more of like that Leonard Floyd role in the uh, in the Rams defense, where he pl- kind of plays off the ball that that edge linebacker hybrid, where you do use that length and athleticism and coverage a little bit more, and that's going to be a big thing for him moving forward. I'm excited for the delayed blitz. Yes, like you said, having those guys that kind of hang back for just a second, and then you've got four or five speed that can get up yep. upfield real quick. Just take a, a half half a beat 
wait for the offensive line to kind of commit to their own guys and boom, you're shooting the gap. And yep. uh, so the Broncos have multiple guys that can be a part of that. Now, like I said, they, they have guys that can drop back in coverage guys that can rush the quarterback. That's, that's one thing that they do is they have that versatility all around to, to do some incredible things. But I want to get to, to Travis Weber. Uh, Travis, thank you so much for joining us. And I, I know you've been a little MIA. You've got a lot going on. So appreciate that, that you were able to, to join us here this evening. He says, good evening, Carl, Lance, Scott, and Broncos country. Been MIA, MIA but listen on the Apple podcast. I know a lot of fans weren't too big about Peyton's picks this time around. He hasn't done Denver wrong yet. And in Peyton, I trust. Time will tell. Sucks Callahan signed with the Chargers. Yeah, I, I, I'm i with you. I mean, if, if I'm going to to lean into anything, it's Peyton knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's proven it over and over again with the Broncos that he, when everybody else is panicking, he's saying, I got this. And, and so he, he's built up enough trust to say, even though I don't agree with some of what he did this draft, I, I'm willing to wait and see what he's got. I, I'm with you there. And there... People always say that around this time of year, but don't you kind of have to like, and I was like, Oh, we can, like, you can, you can have your questions. Well, yes, we have our questions. We have our opinions on everything. And that's, I mean, this is what we do. This is what we do best is cover the Denver Broncos, you know, and cover the NFL draft. Everyone's going to have their opinions on stuff like that, but you really do ultimately have to just trust in the the front office, fr- trust in uh, George Payton, the general manager. It doesn't matter what team it is. I mean, there's there's a lot of drafts that I really liked, like the Baltimore Ravens. I thought they killed it this year. And there's a lot of drafts like the Denver Broncos where I was just kind of ho-hum on it. And then there's the greatest head coach of all time, arguably one of the better GMs in history and Bill Belichick, who, what the hell was that? Like that was, <laughs> that was terrible for the Patriots. Like, but in the end, you still have to trust that evaluation. Well, we're we're outside, like we're outside of Denver. I don't live in Denver, Carl. I know you don't live in Denver. Like we're we're studying this from the outside, looking in, and we're trying to do the best we can with limited footage to watch this stuff. Like I have my opinions on a bunch of different players that probably should have went a lot higher. I, I like them more, but at the same time, I'm not there in the building to see that, and I might not be the best scout to say that. My opinions are my opinions, and I'm more than willing to to voice them. But again, we do have to trust in George Payton here. Yeah, we got Gary Leeds Palmer coming in saying, "Hey, Carl, Lance, and Scott. Now we get to see the coaching. It'll be interesting to see what they can do with the picks. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's an underrated part of this entire thing. Is the Broncos have had some terrible coaches that are terrible teachers, and you don't see any kind of development in players. And we had others that were great at teaching." And, you know, I I will give Fangio that I thought he was actually a pretty good teaching coach and he had a pretty good staff that did well to develop some players, you know, Draymond Jones, he showed improvement every single year that he's been with the Broncos, uh, Justin Simmons, another guy that's shown improvement every single year that he's been here. And, and so you can kind of see that a little bit here and there. Um, so this new staff, I am not sure exactly what they're going to bring. They're, they're kind of the wild card in this entire situation. Yeah. Like, I know everybody's excited of, hey, two teams in a row have won with a brand new quarterback. They brought him in. Well, they had established coaches that established teams. There, there wasn't a whole lot of change other than the quarterback. Broncos have brought in a whole lot of new. <laughs> and, you know, they even mixed up how they did their staff this year compared to most traditional staffs out there. So, like I said, I'm interested to see how this goes. And, you know, talking about, I, I guess this kind of leads us into the third round pick. Because, you know, your new offensive coordinator was a tight end coach before he came here to the Broncos and the Broncos kind of threw him a tight end right off the bat saying, here you go, Greg Dulcich of UCLA. I honestly, I kind of like this pick. I I think he's one of those, those tight ends that actually works with a Russell Wilson. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you on that one because he is I would rather have seen Noah Fant, don't get me wrong, because I think that Noah Fant got the the short end of the stick with the quarterback play here in Denver. But Greg Dulcich, while they're not necessarily the same player because Noah Fant's just a tremendous athlete, he's a heck of a lot faster in a straight line. But that's what Greg Dulcich does the best. Like he is a vertical threat at the tight end position. Um, as far as taking him at number 75, I have my my concerns there. Uh, I mean, he's not necessarily the best blocker, which is something that you want to see a little bit better. And he doesn't pop as far as an athlete. He's not that guy that's going to just, you know, take over a game as far as receiving ability. But like you said, take a look at the, the best years of Russell Wilson throwing the football to the tight end. Who did he have as a tight end? Jimmy Graham. 
Like it, it was not a guy that was, you know, a, an inline blocking mauler kind of a guy. You could split him out in the slot a little bit, let him take the top off of the defense with that athleticism, that big catch radius, the, the soft hands that he had, turn him into a red zone threat. And look at what happened. I mean, Russell Wilson was actually targeting the tight end for once. This actually fits really well, especially because the creativity that Russell Wilson has behind the line of scrimmage kind of helps out with Greg Dulcich because while he may not be that burner straight line speed guy, he does have the ability to find those holes down the field and just sink himself into coverage. He does a really good job of recognizing what like how to break his feet down and how to gear down and set himself up in open holes and present a nice big target for a guy throwing the football down the field that likes to escape the pocket. So this is a this is a, a better value pick tonight that I really kind of consider after I went back and thought about it but uh yeah I mean there, there's a lot to like but there's still some issues there yeah and then I want to get to we got Jillian Richard Reese coming in saying I love our picks healthy good depth that is for sure the Broncos have definitely improved the, on the depth part of their their roster mm -hmm. and then we got Glenn Hare coming in here saying hey guys I watch daily but usually the day after as I don't get to catch live shows often. Thanks for the great content and give me something to listen to during my work days. Hey, Glenn, thanks for for tuning in here live and uh, glad that every day you get a chance to to listen up and and listen to, to us just kind of ramble on about Bronco football and uh we we love it and we love hearing this thing that, you know, like I said, other people get to tune in during the day and and just kind of allow us to to be a part of an hour of your day. Yeah, that's the best part of doing this. We say it all the time on Dove Valley Deep Divers, just to be able to give you guys that escape from real life for a little while. Uh, come in and, and talk some Broncos football, talk football in general for the most part. It's always great to be able to have this um, and and have the community that that loves us so much. They, they, everybody comes in um, with the, with money support, with great comments, with everything like that to help us drive the conversation and, and keep things fresh for you guys. So we really appreciate you for joining us. For sure. And like I said, I just getting back to this dulcich pick. I, I just uh I, I think he can have a day one impact. If I'm the Broncos, here's what I'm doing. He has a limited role early on, mm -hmm. but play one of the season. I'm having him run a seam route right up the middle and say, Russell Wilson, go hit that. Make teams have to respect that we will be willing to try this. And, and just, if you hit that right off the bat, play one, boom, it makes every team have to plan for that the rest of the season and say, okay, we, we have to, when he's on the field, we have to expect that he's going to be able to run deep. That opens up the middle of the field, opens up the run game. And, and so even though he's, he's not a great blocker right now, like I said, it can actually help the run game just because teams have to respect what yep. he can do going deep. Well, and it's, it, it, I think a lot of it is a lack of strength and a lack of technique as far as him in the running game. It's not a lack of effort. He does try. Right. He, like, they, like the effort's there. He wants to be a good blocker. He wants to be a good tight end. In fact, he says that he wants to model his game after George Kittle. So, and that's the best blocking tight end in the game, not named Rob Gronkowski. And even now, Kittle might be the best blocking tight end in the game. Like he's really, really that kind of a player. If Dolchitz can get even half of that, it, like he's going to be a great pick. And I, I respect your, uh, your opinion on that. The, the seam shot right off the bat. I got a question for you and it's going to go back to Russell Wilson and his time in Seattle, because like I said, his best times targeting the, uh, the tight end was when they had Jimmy Grand, that vertical straight line speed guy where he was kind of attacking the, the field in that way is are we going to see more of a, an offense that targets the tight end a little bit more with the Nathaniel Hackett, because of what Seattle wanted to do with the football, as far as the ball control stuff and everything with tight, the tight end was always um, the, the deep over drag routes and stuff like that. And then the quick shallow stuff for the check down, like that's where you saw Russell Wilson going with the football was the, the shallow stuff and getting the ball out quick. And they were running the football over the place. Now that we're going to see some more hybrid passing attack on first and second down, do we might get a little bit more impact from the tight ends in Denver this year and with Russell Wilson? I, I think you can. I think a, a nice thing that each of the tight ends are, well, okay, I should say Albert Okawebenom and now Greg Dulcich bring is because they are pretty quick. They can do those quick out route routes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could do the the play action rollouts where they're doing the different levels. You know, you got the, the short, short, intermediate and deep level on that side of the field. And that's where you could see the tight ends really show up on those kind of plays. And so th they didn't do that as, as much there in Seattle. One, because they just didn't have the tight ends that have the abilities like a Dulcich or an Albert Okawebenom yeah. to do those kind of things. 
And uh, so I, I think there's some real possibility. You could see a little bit more action. And like I said, early on, I think it'd be great for the Broncos to do it just because like I said, it makes teams have to prepare for those things. And then it opens up other things as you go, but we got Cody W coming in here with the super chat saying, looks like we got more depth uh, with blessing Austin. There we go. Um, yeah. It, again, we, we've, we've added a lot of nice pieces to really finish off the back end of this roster. There, there's even some undrafted free agent guys that I love. I think it, almost maybe beat out some of these other guys. I, I said uh, right after the draft when Christian Harris of Alabama yep. was brought in by the Broncos. I think if he was healthy in college, it wouldn't have surprised me for him to be a second round pick. Yeah. You know, when, when he's healthy, the guy looked explosive. He was, and he was great actually in the run game. And so I'd be interested to see some of that competition for even like, you know, off ball or not off ball uh, edge rusher four and five. I think he could, maybe make Malik Reed expendable. I don't disagree with you on that. I think that he could have that Jeff Holland type of impact when Jeff Holland came as an undrafted free agent out of Auburn all those years ago. Um, th that guy, that that might be that one guy that does make it as an undrafted free agent. Um, the explosiveness, the willingness in the running game, the length. I mean, he's he's got pretty long arms. I think he's like 32 and a half inch arms, which isn't great, but at the same time, it's, it's well enough uh, for, for a rotational edge rusher. And he's bendy too. Like I, I like the, the bend that he had. So, Chris Allen might be another guy. I think the biggest thing that I want to go back to, though, as far as the depth of this roster, let's give a big shout out to George Payton as, as far as what he was able to do in free agency. I mean, bringing in DJ Jones, bringing back Melvin Gordon, getting Kareem Jackson back to fill that safety void. Uh, they got K1 Williams in there at the cornerback position. They went into this draft with not a lot of need, so they can kind of just stick to the board fill out the rest of the depth of the roster. They got a lot of high quality players that really do fit in well with not only the scheme, but with what the Broncos actually needed to have. And Dulcich being that third tight end, potentially even the second tight end. And hell, who knows, in, in a year and a half, he might even be the tight end number one on this roster beating out Albert O. So like the the, the way that it, it shaped out, the more that you break into this class and the more you think about it, this draft class is actually pretty decent quality, which is why you're seeing a lot of grades with the high B plus, the, the low A. I, I even saw... Uh, I saw one with like a straight up A. I think I saw one with an A plus on it just because of obviously it as part of your draft class, you have to understand the Broncos brought in Russell Wilson with their first and second round pick like that elevates this roster to an entirely new level. So I, uh, there's a lot of respect coming out of this the more that we break it down. Yeah, I I thought those were a little high just because, mm -hmm. again, some of these players, how much can they have year one impact? I mean, I, I think Bonito's going to get on the field, like they said we said earlier, being a situational pass rusher. You don't want him on the field for uh, rundowns, for sure, unless you're sticking him next to DJ Jones. Uh, you know, Dulcich, again, probably going to have a little bit of a limited role in what he's bringing mm -hmm. to the table. Probably going to have Albert Oakwebenom starting the season. Um, but at the same time, you don't take a tight end in the third round unless you think, unless you have some doubts about the guys you already have on the roster. You know, I, I think Okawebnam could be a great tight end, but obviously the team's not completely sold on him. Otherwise they would have said, you know, we can wait for this pick for a lot later. You know, tight end's a little bit of a luxury, especially in this offense, but here they, they use the third round pick on him. Well, and not only did they use a third round pick on a guy on a tight end, but they use one on a guy that's kind of limited in what he does. And Travis Weber jumping in here, uh, uh, throwing some stars around. We appreciate that, Travis. That is what I was going to ask. On some shows, it was brought up that Wilson wasn't big on throwing to the tight end. Uh, wouldn't Denver might have been better off on a blocking tight end? I know this is where coaching comes into play and make them better blockers. And, and yeah, that, like that's what I was just getting back to was you brought in a guy like a, a Greg Dulcich, who's not necessarily the best blocker. That would be probably a better look, but you got Eric Tomlinson in free agency. That's going to be your blocking tight end because he's practically a, a, another offensive tackle on the field. That's what he does. He's a, he's yeah. a blocker. So to, to get another guy that you can use as a pass catcher there, um, I thought they could have went in a little bit better way if they would have went with a Kate Otten who was available there, who is a good blocker and, and has that pass catching ability. But I mean, if that's the, the guy that they want to have stretching the field vertically, Greg Dulcich is a fine pick. Right. Well, and like I said, your, your offense coordinator was a tight ends coach. So, you, you know, he had to approve of this. He had to say, this is the tight end that I want for my offense. Yeah. And uh, so, like I said, I, I think they've got a plan for it. We'll, we'll see how that goes moving forward. And yeah, you're right. Tomlinson, I think he had one catch last year. And in yeah. his like 10 years of being in the NFL, he has one touchdown. 
So he, he's not here to, to be a pass catching tight end. He's not here to be tight end one. That's for sure. But we got Cody W coming in another with this, with another super chat. Thank you, Cody saying yell is short, but got one heck of a jump. Yes. Yes, he does that. That kid, he is a firecracker ready to explode. That's for sure. But we got Lawrence Rivera also coming in here with some stars saying with Ryan Tannehill coming out and saying it isn't his job to mentor his competition, Malik Willis. How much do we have to worry about that when it's Russell Wilson's time down the road? You know, I, I remember a lot of people talking about like Peyton Manning trying to mentor Brock Osweiler and that should be part of what he's doing here. No, I, I don't blame a guy for sitting there saying, I'm not training up the guy to take my job. I'm, I'm here to, to do my job, do it well. I, I'm not going to waste extra time on this guy trying to help develop him. That's the coach's job. That should always be the coach's job to, to do that part of it. And I mean, I remember Joe Flacco doing the same thing with Drew Locke, just saying, no, that's, that's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> he can watch what I do, but I'm not going to sit there and help him figure out his job. I, I don't disagree with that line of thinking either. Ryan Tannehill is a starting quarterback in the NFL. And at one time there was a, a handful of people, Benjamin Albright specifically saying that like, he's a, he's a top 10 quarterback. And when he had Arthur Smith as his uh, offensive coordinator, before he got hired on by the Falcons, it was hard to argue against that. He was playing at an incredibly high level. It's why he got that. What four year, uh, $150 million contract or whatever the heck it was that everyone's like, Oh, they overpaid him. Well, yeah, that might be coming down the pike, but that's why Ryan Tannehill is saying that it's like, I, I understand that I have to keep my job here. I, I I'm the starting quarterback of this roster. Why do I need to carry around my replacement? Like, let me just work on what I need to do. I don't hate that line of thinking. Yeah. Is it something you probably shouldn't say? Sure. But why be shy about it when you're just like, I'm just focused on doing what I need to do. And the, the further that that clip actually went out, I believe he actually did say, it. my job is to be the starting quarterback for this team. I don't yeah. have time to, to carry around a rookie first round pick that's incredibly raw. Like, it's not my job. Yeah. I, I just think of, I mean, what other career out there would we be saying the same thing or asking those same questions? Like, like if, if my job brought in somebody else and said, hey, Carl, can you train this person up for the next year? Oh, by the way, you're going to be fired after that year. They're taking your job. Like, the, no, that, <laughs> that's not going to, that's not going to work. The the only way that I could see something like that happening is if you know that you're on the, the tail end of your career and you're getting ready to retire. Like but fortunately my, my, uh, my fiance just got a new job and uh, she was just looking for, looking for a new job, but she looked into a career because the guy that she's working underneath is getting ready to retire in the next year. So they brought her in so that he could train her to do his job for when he moves on. So I understand that line of thinking, but that's where you got to understand this isn't, you know, uh, your typical job at a retail store or at the five and dime down the street. Like you're, you're talking yeah. about these are professional athletes that are getting paid millions and millions and millions of dollars. And they're not ready to retire yet. Even Peyton Manning, when they brought in Brock Osweiler, he's like, that's not my job. I'm here to win Super Bowls and we're going to go out and compete at the highest level. He can catch up. He can catch up. Or he can get out. Like, that's how this is going to work. And we right. saw that in the, what was the week 17 game against the Raiders after Peyton set all those records in 2013, where he was running out on the field with his helmet. And Brock Oswald was like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I thought I was going in. <laughs> no, that's Peyton Manning's job. He's, he's out there to go. And until the coach says, no, you sit off to the side and you right. help him learn, you need to be on the field. Well, and hopefully we don't have to worry about that for many years in the future. Right now it's the Russell Wilson show. And yep. we're going with plan A. That, I mean, that's that's what John Elway always said, and I, I think that's exactly what George Payton would say at this point, too. It's got to be plan A. Yep, absolutely. It has to be plan A. So let's see here. Well, the, the, uh, the next picks with the fourth round then. Let's get to the fourth round here. We got uh, Damari Mathis, and I'm going to make sure I get this right, Uwazarike, yep. defensive lineman from Iowa State. And, uh, you know, if you were watching the, um, watching the stream on Saturday, you would know these were the two picks that all of us jumped for joy. This is, this is the, I would say the heart of this draft for the Broncos, where I think they maybe found themselves two, two impact players day one that they can actually come in and help either on special teams or in a rotation. And then also two future possible starters for the Broncos that I think could actually be good starters. Mm -hmm. Not just, you know, somebody you put on the field because you got nobody else. But uh, starting with Damari Mathis, uh, you weren't here on Saturday. 
So I, I didn't get to really hear too much of what you you thought of these guys. Uh, this is my my one shining moment on the on the stream. Right before the pick, we're asking, hey, who do you think the Broncos are going to take? I said, I think it's going to be Damari Mathis. And uh, boom, of course it happens. And then, of course, I get nothing else even close. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take my one shining moment. Uh, what, what do you think about this guy coming in here for the secondary? Well, I, I like the fit. And the the biggest thing, is, it, this is this goes back to uh, my grading scale, is the versatility is, is a huge key to me. And Damari Mathis, he can play in the slot. He can play at the, on the boundary. He can slide back and play some corner. Good length, uh, incredibly physical, even though he's a little bit smaller. He's not scared to go out and hit. This was actually my, my most favorite pick of the draft, quite honestly, where they got Damari Mathis. I had him a little bit higher on my board. Um, I had him as a late third round pick. And to, to get a player like that, that can come in and just wear so many different hats. And he's also a quality special teams player. He's such a great athlete as well. I, I really did like this pick. In fact, I put it in our group chat while you guys were on the stream. I said, uh, I love the fact that we just got Damari Mathis where we did. It's my most favorite pick of this class so far. And after the rest of it came back uh, th throughout the rest of the day, it, it continued to be that way. Damari Mathis was the, my most favorite pick here. And we got Lawrence Rivera coming in here with some big stars. Thank you, Lawrence. You are, you are a star. Appreciate that. And we got Andrew Baker as well coming in with stars saying, it's the Rush Show. But love for the car for the Carl and Lance show. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate yeah. that. Thanks, and uh, and we've got Travis Weber saying, "Do you guys think the center Peyton drafted could overthrow Cushenberry?" Yes. Yes. Uh, the the Broncos. I'll just tell you, they are not exactly excited about Cushenberry. There's been some trade talk that they were kind of trying to put his name out there. And the Broncos were the ones kind of making the phone calls more so than other teams calling the Broncos about Cushenberry. And, you know, Cushenberry, he improved this last year, but he improved from worst starting center to like bottom five center. That's not good enough. Especially now that you've got Russell Wilson, you, you got to have that position strong. And so, yeah, I, I do think the Broncos going out there and, and getting Luke Wattenberg of Washington. I, I think that's a, that's a shot towards Cushenberry saying, wake up. Yep. Your job is not secure. You do not have that position locked down, buddy. You know, I, the, the nice thing for the Broncos is really they've got competition for four of the starting spots on the offensive line. Now, you could say that's not good that they don't have secure guys, but they have a lot of guys with starting experience who are going to be competing against each other. So that's nice. But Cushenberry, like I said, I, I, I think Wattenberg could be one of those guys who comes in and could impress people right off the bat. He's got athleticism. He's got experience in the sense that, I mean, he started a lot of games there in college, played a lot of positions there in college. Uh, and, and I think he is a better fit for the system than Cushenberry is. I, I don't disagree with you. He's also got better strength and better hip technique. He's also a lot meaner in the running game, and he can actually pass protect a little bit shorter in his arm length. But at the same time, he's a, he's a player that knows what he's doing. He's like like Carl said, he's got a lot of experience there, and I don't think it's just a, a, a putting Lloyd Cushenberry on notice here either. You've got Dalton Reisner that could be put on notice here as well at the left guard spot because Wattenberg can play the guard spot. He did, he did that at the East West shrine game and played pretty well from what I understand. So uh, with, with his versatility, again, going back to that, the, that big buzzword for me anyways, uh, versatility, the, the ability to play multiple positions, wear multiple hats for this offensive line. This could be a pick for moving down the road because Dalton Reisner is going into a contract here this year. Graham Glasgow is going into a contract here this year. If Luke Wattenberg can unseat, Lloyd Cushenberry, or even uh, be the, the future succession plan for Dalton Reisner at the left guard spot. It's a home run pick for the Broncos. I, I like that pick as well. Yeah. He, he's a little weak. He, he's got to get some strength built up. He, he's a little light, light in the caboose C caboose. There we go. That's the right word. Um, but yeah, I do think the Broncos like him. Jeremy Sean putting it out there saying uh, the tail, the thing that is a telltale sign is the fact they traded up for Wattenberg. Yeah, that just shows they, they like this guy. They they really want to make sure that they got him on this roster. And uh, so, yeah, I think he could be a very good possible player for the Broncos moving forward. And he could even be a day one starter, surprise some people. You know, Russell Wilson, think about that. I mean, he, he's he was one of the biggest surprise players when he started day one in the NFL. Being a third-round pick quarterback, those guys usually aren't given the chance to actually go win the starting job. And yet he went out there and just took it. 
in practice. And, uh, and so I'm sure the Broncos are telling everybody on the roster, Hey, that he did it. Why can't any of the, any of the rest of you do this? And so, yeah, Cushenberry definitely he's on notice. Very much so. He, he is the one on notice. I want to go back to uh, Enioma Owuzurike, the, the defensive lineman from um, from Iowa State here really fast. Uh, what do you think that this does for not only Draymond Jones, but specifically McTelvin Aguim, who's been seemingly in the coach's doghouse for multiple years now? It, like, why is he in a game day inactive almost every single week? But when he does get the chance to play, he has a massive impact. Like, what do you think of, of Owuzurike? as comparison to uh, McTelvin and here. Well, Ajim, I think the big thing with him was he just wasn't trustworthy to be play in, play out an impact player. Like, yes, he can shoot the gap. He can make some big plays, but just to, to trust him to do his job. I think that was the big thing that kept him as an inactive for all those games. And so you bring in a and, and then you also bring in another guy there in the sixth round and Henningsen. Now Henningsen's probably plays more of like the Draymond Jones kind of position, but at the same time, you added two guys to this defensive line. Ajim has to be on, on notice as well of a guy that just, Hey, we brought in these guys. We, we think big things of them. We think they're going to fit our defense well. And, you know, when the Broncos are talking about running a lot of the same things that the Rams ran, some of that five, one, five kind of defense, you know, th this is where a really fits well, his ability to play kind of all over that defensive yeah. line, his ability to be long, and, and we said it on the on the stream on sa on Saturday. Um, this helps make the Nick Bonito pick make more sense because you can stick this guy because he's long, he's strong, he can take on doubles, he can help in the run game, he, he can do a lot of things that really help to allow Bonito to be free to do what he wants to do. I, I guess I never thought of it like that because I always thought that uh, a Wizariki would probably be a better fit as a five technique, but you're absolutely right. He can play down to the three. Um, I don't know that I put him head up over a center or even between center guard, but I, I mean, you've got the opportunity there to, uh, to, to, put him all over the, the defensive line and get that NASCAR package going. Because like you said, long, strong, incredibly athletic for, for the, the guy, the size that he is strong for as small as he is as well. But uh I like to the fit there for for what the for, for what the Broncos get out of a player in the in the fourth round, and I know that if you guys get the chance, you've got to go back and you got to check this out. It's on tw it's on Eric's Twitter account um, when uh, when the Broncos drafted uh, a and a Uzurike. Eric's reaction on the live stream was absolutely <laughs> glorious. Okay. I, uh -huh. I, you know, Carl, I, I put it in our group chat and for everybody here that, that watches, they know we like to do the Pokemon references and stuff like that. Eric caught a shiny when they drafted a Wuzurike. Like he was that excited. Like, oh yeah. Yes. Yes. They, they got my guy. Like it was, it was just great. Go back and check it. out. It's like the 50 minute mark somewhere around there. You can check that out. Yeah. I, I thought his equipment was going to go flying. <laughs> he, <laughs> and uh jay style is saying eric jumped yeah eric doesn't jump very often so to see him jump that means how how big this guy was for him and uh again just to add a guy like this um the the size the length the power he actually has some some pass rush ability oh here oh, we go here we go listen to this do you got the oh he doesn't have the audio dang it i wish he has the audio look at carl here Carl's like, yeah, oh, 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 yes, oh, yes. It's so good. It was so good. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, that, Scott. That, was, that was great. Um, but uh, yeah, just shows how much all of us were honestly that pumped up for that pick and just think he's going to be a perfect fit for this defense. There's so many things that you can do with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Like I said, I think he can be a day one impact guy. You know, this last year he had nine sacks as in mm -hmm. kind of a interior. I don't know. Iowa State runs a weird defense. They actually called him an edge player, but he he's, he's not an edge player. It's 316 pounds. He's going to be used on the interior. Um, but his ability, like I said, to kind of play all over. And he even has a little bit of bend to him for being that big of a guy. There, there's a few plays. I saw him actually get at a, at least a little bit of an angle more than most guys you see at that that size. And he can actually clean up some plays. Again, he's smart, understands where to go. And we got Andrew Baker coming in again saying, if Nick Burrito builds up some mass in the legs, is that what helps him against the run? That, that'll help some. 
He's got to learn better hand technique, like you said earlier. Keeping offensive tackles actually off of your body is big. And Lawrence Rivera saying he plays the new Pokemon too. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, Eric does play the new Pokemon. I, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dick Benino. And then, like I said, just learning better technique, learning better leverage. There, there's just so many times he just kind of comes flying in at full speed, just hoping he can maybe knock the offensive tackle off balance. And if that doesn't happen, well, then the offensive tackle just drives him into the ground. And uh, so he, he's just got to learn some better ways of handling all that. Uh, he does have some great plays against the run where he shoots the gap. He can do that, but that's not sustainable in the NFL. No. You, you cannot live that way and be good against the run. You're going to get burned. Teams are going to take advantage of that. I remember Bradley Chubb, his rookie year. There were so many times he tried to shoot inside and teams were like, please do. We'll take that. And then we'll just run it to the outside. Yep. Like the, the offensive tackle will just give it to him. And he was out of position so many times. He's learned more. He, he's gotten better. I wouldn't call Bradley Chubb a great run defender at this point. I'd say he's a good run defender. Yeah. I think a big part of that is because he does play with his length so well and he uses the strength that he has at what, 265, 270 pounds. Like he is your prototypical 4-3 hand in the dirt edge defender. He's not the, the twitchy burst guy. And that's what makes him so good as a run defender is because he can set up, drop his anchor and, and keep guys at bay. And then he'll he'll make the right read and, and make the play at the line of scrimmage that way. But he's not an impacting slashing run defender, which is what Nick Benito wants to be. He wants to be that guy that does shoot the gap all the time. He doesn't want to initiate the contact with the offensive lineman because he has that bad technique. Like that's the biggest thing is he has to work on his hand placement and using his hands a lot more or else he's, he's just not going to be able to, to pick it up at the second level because when he does guess, when he does shoot the gap really well, it, it, it like, and he, he lands that guess correctly, it, it makes big plays, but then he will over, over correct sometimes shoot the wrong gap and open up massive running lanes because he gets washed out of the play because he's not set up to actually defend the run using his length in his hands. So that's, that's the biggest improvement he has to work with. All right, so we're we're 46 minutes in. I wanted to get to we got uh, some fifth round picks here. Uh, we talked about Delarin Turner Yell earlier, safety from Oklahoma, a little bit undersized guy, but I mean he, he packs a a pretty powerful punch for being a little guy, and he's got speed to burn. One of those guys that can kind of line up in the slot, can line up deep if you need him to, uh, can can kind of go all over the place and gives the Broncos quite a bit of versatility in that safety position where they can play guys all over and expect good things. I didn't really get a chance to really study uh, Delarin Turner yell. So I need to go back and take a look at him. But every time I did watch Nick Benito and I was kind of, you know, keeping my hat tip open uh, studying Benito, but I was like, hey, I got to watch the safety. The one thing that did stick out to me was his ability to, to run the alley and just deliver a strike with a lot of force. And despite being a, a smaller guy, a little bit thinner in the frame, the athleticism is there. I want to watch him in coverage because that to me is, is going to be the bigger impact for me. Being that small at the NFL level, you can't – I mean, you might be able to pull the Kareem Jackson role where he does run the alley really well and, and and make plays that way, but you're not lining him up in the box. Like, he's just not that kind of a player. I don't think he has the play strength to, to be able to do that. He's not a Derwin James. He's not a Tyron Matthew. So I'm going to go back and go take another look at this. But uh, from what I did see watching Benito earlier today and yesterday, um, his ability to impact the running game was something that I really liked. And the athleticism is going to translate immediately to the special teams. And let's give a shout out to this draft class, specifically to the special teams impact, because that's really what you're going to get out of a lot of these players in the, in the first year. I, I would say what the Broncos did with this draft took them from a bottom five special teams unit to possibly a top 10 special teams unit, depending yes. on some coaching, but they actually added players that are built to do well in special teams, guys that can fly down the field, make plays, make tackles that are willing to go do those kind of things. Broncos didn't really have those kind of players this last year. And, and when they suffered any kind of injuries, especially to like the safety position, they just didn't have the the bodies to, to come in and not only help on the defense, but like I said, special teams. So that's where you see, why it's so important to have four or five safeties on the roster ready to help. And uh, so, yeah, I, like I said, I, I love that, that sense of it, that special teams should be very improved. And, and that kind of brings us to, to another guy here, Montrell Washington wide receiver from Samford, not Stanford, 
always got to make sure we get that that distinction in here. Um, but uh, he, he was brought in here because of his return ability. Broncos haven't had a great returner really, I don't know, when, when was the last time? Like 2013? Yeah, I was going to say Trendon Holiday, 2012. Yep. And even there, it was <laughs> it was a wild ride every time you saw a punt. It's either a touchdown or a fumble. Yeah, There's not really much in between with that guy. And uh, so bringing in this guy, Washington, to, to be a returner, it's kind of weird. He's actually, if you're looking at RAS score, he is the the worst of all the Broncos picks. Usually you kind of see more of a, a big-time athlete there at that returner position. Does that kind of worry you at all? What, what are your thoughts on this pick? So I, I – I want to say yes, but at the same time, no, because he's what five foot seven and 175 pounds. So he should be a four, four, five guy. He should be that quick twitch guy, but he doesn't have the quick twitch. So that does kind of concern me as far as being a punt returner, because you got to have that quick twitch. You got to have that acceleration. So yes and no, it doesn't surprise me to see him have a lower relative athletic score because he's got this, the speed, at least long speed enough to be a, a quality punt returner. He's also got the size to be a quality punt returner because you want a smaller guy back there. You want a guy that has the ability to, to kind of shift the ability through the hole and stuff like that. A guy that's a little bit harder to see. So yes and no, it, it kind of, it, it, I don't know the, the easiest way to, to express that other than the low RAS score doesn't surprise me for a guy that's his size. If he was, if, if he was another three inches taller and another 15 pounds heavier, so let's say uh, 5'10", 185 pounds at that, would it concern you with those numbers? Probably not. Like you, And his relative athletic score would probably jump up to the seven range. So it, that's that's the biggest takeaway that I have there is just because he's such a small guy, that's why you see that number as low as it is. Yeah, and I'm, I'm torn because people either say this is one of their favorite picks or their least favorite pick, pick the Broncos made. You know, if you watch the Florida game, he's probably your favorite pick because yep. that guy had a game for the ages against the, the Florida Gators. Uh, I think he had like 10 catches, had one big punt return for a touchdown, had a rushing touchdown. I, I think he even completed a pass in that game, yeah, if yeah, I remember right. I, I think he had four touchdowns. I know he had a rushing touchdown. I know he had the punt return. I think he had a kick return touchdown as well in there. And he had a, a reception. And he threw and completed a pass in that game. Like yeah. he literally dragged Samford, S A M F O R D, Samford, <laughs> to a close game against Florida. And everybody knows that Florida is an SEC team. Samford ended up losing eventually, but they, they still right. hung in there and, and kept it close for the majority of the game, honestly. Right. So, uh, I mean, like I said, if he can turn into a decent returner, if he can make smart decisions, uh, I, I know he had this motto in college of I never fair catch. I hope he learns that in the NFL, that's not usually the best motto to have. There are times that a fair catch is actually a good decision. Um, but like I said, I, I go back and forth on this one. You needed a punt returner. You needed somebody that can make an impact in the, the special teams game that way that could actually flip a field with just one return, one big play. You know, if he can give you one big play every four games in the return game, you feel pretty darn good that what if, what he's brought. Like I said, and then he does smart things with all the other returns. Yep. And but at the same, I, just these are the kind of things that can make or break a game. One big return can can help set the Broncos up to actually win some of these close games that they've been losing. Yeah. And I guess the one thing going back to your comment about I never fair catch, uh, the the more context on that was I feel like if I'm not scoring a touchdowns, I'm not helping our team. I'm, I'm actually not giving the effort that I need to have. So that can be kind of a double-edged sword there. So I'll definitely go there. And to kind of finalize this out before we, we move a little bit forward here, uh, the Broncos actually brought in, I, I believe his name is Jalen Virgil from Appalachian State to be another guy to, to compete at that wide receiver room who is, uh, according to Eric, a better punt returner than Montreal Washington was. So to me, this pick didn't necessarily make a lot of sense, but go get your guy, Dwayne Stukes, and let's see what happens. Yeah. No. So, Hey, better competition. I'll take that. As long as it's not Deontay Spencer back there <laughs> returning to them at the two yard line for punt returns and then getting tackled at like the eight yard line. Uh, I'll take it. But, uh, but no, so like I said, interesting pick for the Broncos, one yeah. that they definitely said, hey, special teams coordinator, who do you want your returner to be? He pointed at this guy. And so it's kind of make or break. You know, that's one nice thing. I think we, we talked about this on Saturday a little bit 
is I, I think you see that the coaches were empowered with this draft. Yeah. You see kind of a lot of those guys that you said, who do you want to pound the table for? We'll go get them. Yep. And, and so this is one of those, like I said, fifth round pick. You're asking this guy to be a pretty special returner with a fifth round pick. If that's what all that he's bringing to the table. And uh, so then that brings us, I think we got, is it two six round picks or was Wattenberg in the fifth round? Uh, Wattenberg was in the fifth round at 171 overall. We kind of broke okay. it down. Uh, sixth round was Henningsen. Right. All right. Well, like I said, we've already talked about Wattenberg. Matt Henningsen, what are your, your thoughts here in the sixth round? I think that the Broncos kind of got a steal here for what he's worth. He's a great run defender, great length. He it can impact the passing game. He plays that five technique, that the three and five technique. He can play on the edge a little bit as well. Um, and a grinder. Like this guy has a relentless motor. He's up and down the field all of the damn time. And uh, the, I think the biggest thing is you want to round out the depth of that interior defensive line because – like especially in the running game with as bad as the Broncos were in the running game and as good as Matt Henningsen is in the running game. Like that's, that's where this pick was directed at was to help lower, uh, help round out the depth of this team. And even though as a six round pick, I, I thought he probably should have went a little bit higher than that. I had him in uh, late fourth round, but uh, uh, I, I know Eric had a, a pretty high grade on him as well, but for, for him to to go there it, it might, and after they got a uh, there, um, with McTelvin again, that really puts him on notice even further because this is a guy that can play against the run. He can play against the pass. Um, he's got good length to be able to do so. So I, I like this pick a, a, a little bit more than most people did. And I understand why they went in this direction too. For sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. He, I love those kind of lunch pail, hard work, yeah. your hard worker kind of guys. That's, that's what he brings to the table. And, and he's actually still a pretty darn good player on top yes. of that. Like, it's not just that he's a hard worker. He's actually a good player. And, you know, when you can have a rotation in that defensive line where you're not losing a whole lot when the starters go out, that is is huge to, to bring to the Broncos. So, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one. And I'm even more excited wow. Wow. about Michael Ronquillo coming back in again. Started off the show, coming here at the end of the show, coming back. Thank you so much, Michael saying great show tonight, Carl and Lance on building the Broncos. Let's ride and go Broncos. Thank oh man, Michael. Michael, you are the man. Seriously. Thank you so much. Means, you, means the world to us. Yeah, man. It, and, comes, uh, off the, it comes off the drop, the top rope, dropping the hammer. Seriously. <laughs> Holy cow. Who, who are you Thor? Yeah, no, thank you so much. Thank you all for, for being here this evening yeah. to, to join us and get a chance to, Kind of just reflect a little bit. Like I said, get a few days out. I've seen a few comments that we were pretty negative in the chat during the draft. You know, you have to kind of remember we're we're reacting in the moment for one, and two, we're kind of reacting to where we thought that player would go, and not so much. Hey, how are they fitting with the Broncos? Now we've had a few days think through. Hey, how's this player going to work with the Broncos? How are they going to, uh, you know? And we've been able to see all the puzzle pieces put together. Yep. Like I said. Nick Bonito makes a lot more sense when you take uh, Uwazirike, when you can put those kind of guys together, when you can put DJ Jones next to him as well, that can help limit some of the, the things that would weaken the Broncos with Nick Bonito on the field. So uh, I think that's where some of this is coming back, where we've had a few days to reflect and put the whole picture together compared to just reacting in the moment. Yeah. And I mean, like I said earlier, you know, going back to the Travis Jones pick for the Baltimore Ravens, I had him as my 29th overall player. In fact, that was the best draft in, in my opinion, based on my big board, but 29th overall player, the Broncos passed up on him and not only at 64, but at 75, they traded down at 75 to go get to number 80 to get Greg Dolchich. So like, to me, that's, that's bad value in the moment, but then you take a look at everything. You, you get that opportunity to let it breathe for a minute. As, as Chad likes to say, let, let it, everybody, you know, kind of think about what we've got going on here. And the more you think about it, the more you like what the value of this Broncos uh, team got, because they filled all of the tertiary holes with quality players at relatively decent value for where they were drafted. Yeah. We probably, you know, could have went in a different direction and got a higher ranked player on my board, but Trust in George Payton here and let this process play itself out because this roster is actually incredibly strong. I, I like I thought the roster even going into the draft, if they knocked the draft out of the park, was a Super Bowl contender. I still think it's a Super Bowl contender based on right now because the depth is there as well. You have the top end talent and now you have a lot of depth. All right. Well, that brings us to the final pick here because we're, we're getting right here at an hour. We got Fayon Hicks. 
uh, coming in here for another Wisconsin player, cornerback slot, pretty much going to be a slot cornerback, kind of on the smaller end. I think he's what five ten, if I remember right. Got some <laughs> decent speed. I mean, he's he's pretty good all the all the way around. Uh, what what are your thoughts here on what he could bring to the Broncos here, either year one or even just throughout his rookie contract? So I'm going to let you take this one away because I did not watch Fayon Hicks. Um, I, I, I all I know is high quality athlete, versatile player, can play safety and cornerback, and that's all all that I know about him. I need to go back and, and double check on him because I did not get a chance to watch him very much when I was watching uh, Wisconsin. So yeah, I apologize well, get, for that. Oh, you're you're fine. We'll get the the Travis Weber here first, though. Great show tonight, guys. Thank you for your time and input, Broncos fans. Don't forget to send the likes, share, and subscribe. Go Broncos! Let's ride. That's right, Travis. Thank you so much for that. And it uh, looks like we got 29 likes, loves, and a wow even from Chase Wellner. Thank you so much, uh, guys. If you're on YouTube again, make sure that you guys are liking, subscribing, sharing all of that for us. It, we really appreciate when you can do that. Uh, just gets us out there to, to even more people. You know, it's amazing sometimes running into people all over in, in this area where I'm at and all people go, hey, I've been watching your show. Uh, you guys have helped be a part of that. So yep. appreciate it. Um, and then we got 71 more likes on YouTube. So we just got the Facebook likes here at 30, you know, getting at the Terrell Davis, but 71 on YouTube. So thank you guys so much. Uh, getting over 100 total. You guys are awesome. Uh, all right. Getting to, to Fayon. Um, yeah, I mean, again, another guy that's a hard worker, um, does a lot of good things on the field. He's he's quick. He can play that slot position. Uh, that did it well there at Wisconsin. Uh, can move in directions pretty darn well. When you're thinking about Kwan Williams, you know he's missed time because of injuries. You're you're thinking about also he's over thirty. So can he hold up for not only an entire season but for the rest of his contract that he has here with the Broncos? So you got a guy that can train behind him, have a guy that can maybe come in and, and become something for you. Um, the, the nice thing is there's going to be competition all over for that secondary, you know, the, the safety positions, PJ lock again, another guy that's probably on notice of whether he's going to make this roster, Yep. you know, at the cornerback position, even maybe Ojo Mudia. I, I think he probably makes the roster, but at the same time, you, you just added some cornerbacks, two cornerbacks in this draft. Could be another guy that you're you're looking at maybe as a, a trade possibility. Um, but I, I just like that. I like that you guys you have some people that started in the past that might not make this roster. Right. We haven't been able to say that. Yeah, no, I I I completely agree with that. Like the the biggest thing is like Damari Mathis going out there against Michael Ojemudia in camp. I mean, obviously they've got a Sang Bassi still on the roster. Can the uh, Fayon Hicks, you know, unseat him and, and get him uh, moving down the road again? Um, you've got multiple different people on the on the defensive line with Uwazariki. You've got Matt Hanningson that can come in here. Uh, McTelvin Aguim, we don't know exactly what his impact's going to be, but you bring in DJ Jones as well. Uh, Mike Purcell's still around. Like there's there's a lot of guys, high quality players from the the top to the bottom of this roster. I, I mean, at the tight end position, let's go back there. You get you get Eric Tomlinson. You get Greg Dulcich there. Like to to push Albert O to be that true tight end number one. Um, the one thing, and I guess that this is the the one area that I have probably still the most concern would be uh, the the right tackle position. But it sounds like the Broncos are still very high on what they have in Calvin Anderson. First off, I think that they they think he's probably going to win this competition. They've got Billy Turner to be a, a quality swing tackle for you. Can also play the guard position, and then you get Tom Compton as well that can be a player that can play inside and outside. So that like that would be the one big hole. And other than that, what is it? linebacker go sign alexander johnson bring him back on a cheap deal and there you go like you've got the, all of the answers here this roster is going to be one of the most well brought up rosters that we've seen in denver for a long time and i, I want to grab this question really fast from richie rich before I, I i get out of here because he asked me this earlier he says uh, lance i got a question for you of those at the back end of the outside linebacker room who makes the 53-man roster is it andre mince jonathan cooper uh chris allen or uh malik reed Honestly, I think what you're going to see here is obviously you're going to get Nick Benito in there, Randy Gregory, um, Bradley Chubb, obviously. Those are going to be the, the big three. I was impressed enough with Jonathan Cooper. I'll put him in there as the four. And with Malik Reed on the restricted free agent tender, his ability to get after the passer uh, and his experience, uh, give him uh, give him the fifth spot with Allen and Mintz, one of the two of them battling for that practice squad spot. I'll give it to Allen. Like I said, okay. I, I, think he's, I think he's a real talent. 
I, I think they're going to be too afraid to put him on the practice squad and uh, and see him maybe go somewhere else. But uh, looks like guys, we're we're over an hour here. I want to say again, thank you so much for joining us here at Building the Broncos. Nick, I hope you had a great concert with your wife. And Lance, thank you so much for joining me, guys. You, you can find him at Sanderson MHH. You can find me at Carl Dumbler MHH. You can find Scott at Scout Scout Kennedy. Um, again, make sure you guys are following the uh, the Twitter account for this this show at BTB Football Pod, and of course the main one at Mile High Huddle. Make sure you guys are also heading over to HuddleUpPod.com where you can get your swag. We got all of our great hats here. Um, you know, I know we got. We got uh, Broncos for breakfast as well. Um, make sure you guys are, are tuning in for that in the mornings. And then make sure you guys are also heading over to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. It's where, again, kind of keep you guys up to date on all the things we're doing. I think we got a few new shows that are maybe joining in on some different things. And, and make sure you guys are also heading over to Apple, subscribing, liking, and sharing the show. Uh, we really appreciate when you guys can do that for us. And, and we appreciate all the super chats, stars, all of that here tonight. You guys have just been true rock stars. Uh, it just has meant a lot to us. Uh, I want to give a, a special shout out to to Michael Ronquillo as well. Just, yeah, again, coming in big for us here tonight. Uh, you are the man. Appreciate all of you joining us here for, for building the Broncos. And it's just been fun to kind of get a chance to reflect on this, this draft. And I'm so excited for preseason getting to see some of these young guys and see what they can bring for the Broncos for the, for the now and the future, you know, this 2022 season, you guys are not going to want to miss anything that we have going on. Sounds like we might even have a game over overseas in London. Yeah. So we might even have a, an early show uh, trying to get on for, for some of that. But like I said, it's going to be a fun season and I'm glad you guys are rocking with us every step of the way. Otherwise guys have a great day as uh as Nick always likes to say, you know, be kind, be compassionate, and go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.